Hello and welcome to the Negatim Podcast with your host Tim. Today I am joined by Adam Freeman and we'll be discussing elderly drivers. So thank you for coming on to the podcast. So would you like to give a brief description of your topic and why you picked it? Hello, um, Adam here. Yeah, it's mainly old people driving and just driving in general is probably my pet hate in life, if I'm going to be honest with you. I know obviously a lot of people out there drive every day, work, family, fun, you know, we're always on the road, but I have to say my pet hate is driving, especially with the fact that recently, you know, I've noticed there's been a, a decline in police on the road, so people are just a law unto themselves out there and yeah I, for our sake today just coming over here to do the podcast had uh, an elderly person on a dual carriageway just decide to anchor up because he was in the wrong lane and just fully stop in the middle of the road and just put his indicator on instead of taking the road off and then rejoining no he's just going to stop and pretty much cause an accident and it just infuriates me the the level of driving because obviously I've been driving about 10 years now but when I was first starting trust me I'm not saying I was a good driver I wasn't I was new but the level of old people driving wound me up purely for the fact that they just seem so oblivious the amount of times that I've been on a roundabout going right and they're in the left hand lane going right and just cut me up and they don't even realize they've done it the amount of times that i've pulled onto the roundabout and they've just cut straight across it in front of me i've had to anchor up and swerve and to be fair i have actually ended up mounting the roundabouts before because it's either that or they just cave the front of my car in and then they just carry on their journey completely oblivious to what's just happened they're, you know, going to go down to the local nursery and get a cake or a scone and a lovely cup of coffee, not realising they've just ploughed me into a roundabout. So would you say that you feel like your safety and your passenger safety are more at risk when you share the road with elderly drivers? I mean, just other drivers. See, I'd love it, honestly. Brilliant. No one else drove. I'd love it. It'd be brilliant. I'd say, oh, yeah, I'm going to poodle here, there and everywhere, anywhere I want, because there's no other drivers on the road. But that's an ideal world, and, yeah, we don't live in that. Uh, No, for me, I think it's more of a case of just, I passed 10 years ago and I mean, I can't say this is 100% factual, but in my mind, a lot of people that were in their 60s and 70s 10 years ago, probably were the people that applied for their license. You know, I know my dad, when he got his license, I mean, he passed his test in a car and his license says he can drive a lorry and all the rest of this stuff. Now I pass my test, I have to do additional tests to be able to drive a van to be able to have a trailer, to do anything other than just drive a car. But he passed his test and he can basically drive any vehicle bar motorbikes that's on the road. But now you have all these additional tests and people that are older than my old man, they probably were the ones that just applied to drive, you know. Literally the age I was saying, did you get your license from a cornflake packet? Just dive in there and pull out, there you go, you got your license and off they go. It's just mad to me. I know youngsters aren't exactly brilliant drivers either and BMW and Audi drivers are, shall we say, pleasant. But I just feel that the older generation, because they've been driving for so many years, have got this aura of arrogance 
about how, well, I've been driving for years. I had this woman pull out on me driving from my house to Malden. Um, there's a caravan site nearby. and It's a country road, but this road's long enough that she saw me coming. She's pulled out in front of me. I've an- actually anchored up. Didn't actually hit her, but my God, I, I, I thought my head was going to go up her ass. Um, and in the back, all I can see is their kids jumping around. They're not even strapped in. This is a middle-aged woman. This is an old person, but she's got no control over her kids. They're jumping all over the place. And if I'd gone into the back of them, God knows what would have happened to them. Because if I'd hit her and she'd rolled or sent her anywhere, those kids aren't strapped in. They'd have gone all over the place. And then, so I'm, you know, doing the usual road rage thing, effing and blinding, flabbing my hands all over the place and screaming pretty much at no one because I'm in a car by myself. Um, we get 100 metres up the road and she stops and swings her car completely, blocking the other side of the road as well, undoes her window and starts going, what the hell? Like, politely, of course, because, you know, she's a lovely lady, telling me, what the fuck is my problem? And I was like, love, you just pulled out on me and you've got your kids in the back. What is wrong with you? Her response was, what do you know? You don't even look like you're old enough to shave. I'm like, what is my facial hair ability got to do with your lack of driving ability and her words were well I've been driving longer than you don't question me shut up a few more expletives um, and then she went on her merry way still children not strapped in in the back but apparently I can't question her ability to drive because she knows not to put her children in the car safely so from her being older than you she believes that therefore she has more experience and she knows better than you do just based on pure age that she's guessed yeah and realistically I I don't think it's true I I don't personally say that just because you've done something for longer that you're necessarily better because you could have been doing it wrong for longer doesn't mean you're right it it just it winds me up trust me I'm not going to say I'm perfect because I'm not I'm definitely not the best driver in the world but I'm definitely not the worst it just infuriates me that just because someone is older they have this aura of I've been doing it longer therefore I'm right I again I'm in Malden two lanes going up to roundabout go over the roundabout, there's only a right turning and then there's two lanes up over it to go towards the Tesco's. I'm in the right hand lane going straight over, he's in the left hand lane going straight over. We do that and he then follows me into Tesco's and uh, an older gentleman uh, tells me, am I happy being cocky in my prick mobile? Uh, I said, excuse me? He's like, you're in the wrong lane. I was like, no. That lane, you can go straight over or right. Your lane, you can go there. No, you're in the wrong lane. I said, well, then why did you indicate to come into my lane? It means you're crossing lane. He goes, well, that's what lane you're supposed to be in. No, you're not. I'd done my test not that long ago. My instructor told me that's how you're supposed to do it. So you're telling me that a driving instructor is wrong. You know more than a driving instructor. I've been doing this for years. Okay, well, you've been doing it wrong for years, mate. And then he proceeded to have a go at me. I was with my girlfriend at the time. Um, He starts then, because he can see he's not winning with me, starts having a go at her. Although she's in the passenger seat saying about how you happy that you're in a car with this show-off prick. I was like, I don't need to show off to me, my missus, to impress her. You know, she's with me because I'm nice. I can drive and I was doing it safely. You've come in here, started verbally assaulting me because you were in the wrong. 
And yeah, he just went off on it again. Just He just couldn't let it go. He was like a dog with a bone. And I was just like, I'm bored of you now. And I think that was probably the first time I ever encountered an old person on the road who had a go at me because they were explicitly in the right. And I just couldn't stand it. I just And since then, it's just been my pet hate, old people, which is why I believe, and I think this is for everyone, I think you should be retested. Because I'm sorry, but... The amount of times, and people will probably say the same, how many times have you seen this little old man, little old lady, who can just about walk, bless them, coming out of a supermarket, getting into the car, and they can just see over the steering wheel, and then they drive off down the road, and you're like, you can just about walk, dear, and you've pulled yourself up to be able to see over the steering wheel, and then you're driving around with what is basically a giant metal box on wheels that you can drive at very high speeds. I think there should be a hell of a lot more regulation than me. I got tested when I was 19. I passed. I've then just jumped in a car and I've driven around for the last 10 years. Never been retested, never been questioned again. I just don't see why aren't we retested to make sure we're safe. Well, currently, the driver's license expires at the age of 70 and needs to be renewed three year, every three years after 70. So with that, do you believe that there should be a mandatory driving and health test taken each time to ensure the person is fit to be on the roads? Yeah, I don't think... I think, obviously, the older people, yeah, definitely, because, you know, as you do get older, 70, you know, that's a good innings for someone. If you've made it to 70, you know, good on you. I know people live to 100 nowadays, a lot more common than that, but 70 is a very good age. But that is where your body starts to deteriorate. You know, your eyes go, you know, you're not as quick with your reactions. Everything, you know, bad back, bad shoulder, bad knees, everything, isn't it? It's where you, you, you're you due for an MOT, let alone your car. And for me, I think personally, yeah, I think you should be retested to make sure you're safe. My partner works in Specsavers. She has seen many old people coming in saying, oh, I want to get my eyes tested, being told you need glasses to wear. You need to wear glasses, sorry, um, when you're driving. My eyes are fine and storming out. So do you believe that if a person fails an eye test and refuses to wear glasses to drive, that the optician should be able to inform the DVMA about that person to ensure other driver's safety? Yeah, I, I, I do. I think that you should. I think they should be able to. I mean, I know they do it if you're providing a public service, i.e. for buses or trains and things like that. Is it? I don't think it's taxi drivers, as far as I know, but I do know it's for bus drivers. They, they have to show their certificate to show that they've had their eyes tested. But for general Joe blogs like us, no, you don't have to. You can go in there, be told you're blind as a bat, refuse and walk out and climb into a car that you can't really see 10 feet up the road so it's more like a case of you if you believe you're slightly impaired and cannot safely drive a motor vehicle then it's your own job to inform the dvla Mm. that you should need your license revoked yeah but the thing is and i do feel for them because you know a lot of it's a difficult situation because i do know that a lot of the older people that's their only form of freedom i you know you take their car away that's a lot of their independence gone and in the world we're in today where mum and dad are out working you have the people don't have the time to go and see their parents grandparents whatever you will as much as we're used to you know so unless you've got someone that isn't working that can go around and check on them on you know a daily basis 
or even every other day, they are sort of left to themselves. And unless they're in a place where it's easily walkable, but then as they're getting older, they might not be able to walk. And it is their freedom and that. But at the same time, I don't personally think you should endanger other people for your freedom. I see driving as a privilege, not a luxury. I don't think you should, as a right, be able to drive. I think, you know, you should have to go through a lot to prove that you're a safe driver. And I think there should be retesting every 10 years. For me, because I think once you've passed, you go and drive. You then get retested. Most people pass between the ages of 17 and 19. You know, you then get retested when you're at the end of your 20s. You then get retested at the end of your 30s. 40s 50s so on because that will weed out the people that can't drive and it will also force people i mean it's not 100 percent because you know people can change the way they drive when they're testing but it might quotation marks might actually force people to try and not get into bad habits how many blokes and i'll hold my hand up i'm guilty for this do you see just driving with one hand on the top that's not safe you know if something jumps out you've only got one hand to try and whip the car around and i'm sitting here saying this is what i mean i'm not perfect but you're supposed to have both hands there and it doesn't happen and the older guys as well, you know, their reactions aren't as good, they can't see properly. I think they should be retested rather than just, oh, you're 70, just reapply for your license. It's not even a retest, it's just reapply. Oh, do you still want to drive? Yeah. <laughs> well, between 2014-2016, a survey showed that drivers aged 70 or older were involved in 12% of road incidents where someone was killed or seriously injured. So that just shows how slow the reactions could be and how their vision could have played a part mm. in these accidents. Yeah, I mean, 12% is it's not a bad number. I mean, so, so what was that, over...? Over 70. Right, I mean, to be fair to that, it depends. Uh, I'd like to know what percentage, because 12% seems like an okay number it's not a big number you know it's not like 50 percent i think 12 percent is quite a large but i'd want to know how many drivers over the age of 70 there are because you think of every crash that happens most of them are probably going to be middle-aged people on the motorway driving so how much does that 12 percent work out over the whole of it is that 12 percent is that quite a large percentage of the over 70s have a large percentage compared to that you think there's probably i mean i can't even pick a number out of my head you've got to be talking 100 million people driving every day that are aged between 30 and 60 there could only be 200,000 over 70 drivers but if they equate to 12 percent of the overall crashes that cause fatalities well their percentage of crashes causing fatalities is like 60 percent compared to 15 percent for the um for, for the ages 30 to 60. I know that's a broader number, 30 to 60, because realistically, 70 plus, you're not going to have a load of over 100-year-old people cruising around, are you? But at the same time, because they're a smaller number of over 70 drivers and they're still equating to 12%, it just shows that, you know, maybe they're not as good at drivers because they've been doing it for years. And I do think they should be retested and eyesight should be mandatory that you have your eye test done and you have to send the certificate because i mean me myself my eyes have deteriorated i know my eyes aren't as good but i still have had them tested and i know i don't have to wear them but if i had to wear glasses for driving i would see as someone who doesn't drive and have never had their eyes tested i wouldn't have a 
great idea of how it can affect you, but there was some more information I found. The Royal Society for the Prevention of Accidents states that the statistics indicate the risk of being involved in an accident increases after the age of 70, and especially drivers over the age of 80 are more likely to be at fault when they crash. So this could also help prove the point that bad eyesight could lead to more crashes. Mm. Uh, I mean, I think eyesight is a big one. I, I don't think it's the be-all to end-all, though, because like I said, I do think it's your reaction times as well. You're driving along, and someone has to quickly anchor up, kid, dog, something, anything startles, scares the person in front, or they need to pull over for whatever reason. You know, so they've put their brakes on. Your reaction time to be able to put your brakes on and slow down before hitting the person in front of you is a huge thing. When you're driving a metal on box on wheels effectively, you've got to have the reaction times. You know, we're tested now more stringently. And the, I mean, like I said, when, when my old man was passing his test, he literally walked out to the car. He showed him a few um, pit, different pictures of signs and asked him to tell him what ones they were pointed in a number plate and told him to read it. He jumped in the car, they drove around, came back and hit past. Nowadays, we have to do hazard perception tests. We've got actual full-blown theory tests where you're not just shown a few signs and asked a couple of questions, you know, pop the bonnet and what does that do? Oh, well, that's the washer bottle. Now you've got a full list of 40 questions to answer. And then you have to go and do the tests, which are graded a lot harder than they used to be. They're a lot harder to pass nowadays. And that was 10 years ago. I, I don't know what they are now because I haven't had to retest, but they could be even harder. They might have brought in different things, new things, changed it. I mean, to be fair, the way you've got to drive now is changing all the time. You know, back when people were first passing there, you know, cars weren't as powerful as they are now. You see all these kids driving around in Fiestas. Well, all of these Fiestas are EcoBoosts, which are basically turboed one litres. Well, you know, when I first passed my test, I was driving around in a Punto. It was a one litre Punto, but it didn't have the EcoBoost to it. I mean, it probably did naught to 60 in three minutes. It's a, it was a slow car. But nowadays, you know, you see all the kids flying around in the one litre turbos because, you know, they're still only a one litre. So, but they're a lot more powerful. They're a lot faster. They've got a lot more gadgets on them. It's different nowadays and yeah, it changes a lot. So I think, you know, as you get older and the world's evolving, I think, you know, your driving has to. And unless you're retested and shown the changes and, you know, well, this is how you safely drive now. You know, years ago, you didn't even have to have seat belts in the back of the car. Now, you know, you have to, you know, you know have, being a father myself, uh, you have to have so many different rules to do with young children being in the back. Their, their car seats are graded due to their weight and height and size. You know, my daughter has to still be, although she's two, because she's small, she has to be in the great big bucket seat with the harness over her still she can't move on to the next more upright chair because she doesn't weigh enough when really she for her age she should be able to sit in it and the rules are all around that now you know all the kids now getting bumped you couldn't have the booster seats you've got to have the full-blown chair with the head protection all of these things are changing all of these new rules are coming in they pass their test 50 years ago when the rules weren't like that. My dad's got a car, it's a stag. It hasn't even got seat belts in the back. Literally, it only has seat belts for the front to the passenger and the driver. 
So we can't ever go in. It's got rear seats, but we can't go in it because there's no there's no rear seat belts being fitted to it. You know, it hasn't even got wing mirrors because it was an optional extra back then. I mean, wing mirrors were an optional extra. It's changed so much from when um, they were younger to where they are now that I I do think they need to be retested just to show the modern way of driving nowadays. It's not the same. Well, going back to the car seats, I saw a uh, post on Facebook the other day, an Australian couple talking about car seats and they have to be paramedics as well and they were saying they always double check their car seat every few years to ensure it's still up to the high quality standard and she had a picture of them with their kids strapped into the car seat holding them up in the air facing the floor to show you couldn't come out of it they said that all the road car accidents they've been to every kid that's been in a car seat they've never seen fatally injured it's, they've always been quite safe mm. and obviously now that's just their the accidents they've been to they could be Loads in the UK or anywhere else in the world that isn't the same as that, but it just shows the importance of making sure the car seat is correct and a safe place for your child. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I do think that the car seats are a big bonus. I think the amount of protection, padding, and obviously they're harnessed, so it's over the shoulders, around the waist. They can't get out, and they're a, they're a lot more protected than the likes of me or you if I was driving you or my passenger I know we have all the airbags and they don't have that so you know maybe you could say that we're a bit more protected because of all the airbags but yeah when they're in those safety seats they're their child seats they're I understand why they're doing it because yeah you you couldn't just have them rattling around in the back as much as seat belts are great they're designed more for adults you they're not adjustable they end up, you know, only having the lap belt on and that's not enough. They can easily just slip over that and go flying. So I, I agree. I do think you have to have the child seat in there fully. I think having it properly put in there and again, you know, we've looked to try and bump her up to the next size because this thing's a great big bulking thing in the back of the car. But because she's not other weight, it's not safe to move her up. We haven't. And they're not cheap. <laughs> that's the thing. But again, you can't really put a price on safety. So... And the other thing, which um, I don't know whether people do or not, is obviously even if you have, it's a bit like your crash helmet on your bike. If you have a knock, you're supposed to replace your chair. And you should never buy a second-hand one unless you know it's never been in an accident. Because if it's damaged, it's not as safe. And do you really want to save yourself 50 quid and buy a second-hand one or and possibly hurt your child or just pay that extra 50 quid? make sure your kid's safe I mean I know what I choose well, as a father you would always choose your kid's safety I'm assuming mm. but yeah definitely it's not only just the kids either it's the adults who choose to drive around without a seatbelt and most of the time their excuse is it's just a short trip I'm just going to the shops it's 15 minutes yeah well, for my opinion with that one is if they put their kid in the back and belted him up safely and fine if they want to endanger themselves that's fine. It's their life. It's their risk. If they want to do that, you know, do it. I'm not going to tell you to <laughs> you, you boil it down to, you know, not wearing a seatbelt, doing drugs, you know. It's a choice you've made. Don't do drugs. Do drugs. Wear a seatbelt. Don't wear a seatbelt. Both instances could ruin lives. If you don't wear your seatbelt, you have a crash and you're shotgunned out the windscreen down the road. <laughs> it's not going to be pretty afterwards. Doing drugs you could end up becoming an addict and ruin your life and other people around you. 
it's a choice you make. If he chooses not to wear the seatbelt and ends up hurting himself, that's his choice. But if he puts his child in the back of the car, doesn't belt them up properly, and doesn't get them in the car seat correctly, well, that's, that's the kid can't make that choice. My two-year-old can't be like, Dad, put me in the chair properly. I have to make sure she's in the chair properly. If anything, she normally fights me not to be in the chair, but it's for her own safety, so you make sure it's done. So, yes, again, the responsibilities on whoever's driving the vehicle to mm. make sure everyone within that vehicle is yeah. as safe as they possibly can be. Which is why the law states, you know, if you're the driver and you're caught with passengers, especially children, not wearing seatbelts, you're the one liable because you're the one in control of the car. And I think that's correct. I think if you are driving but you don't make sure your passengers are sitting in it safely, that should be your onus because you should, well, I'm not moving my car until everyone's belted. And if they don't want to wear a belt, well, you don't get in my car. I'm not driving around safely because, say, someone pulls out on me, causes a crash and you go flying, I'm going to have the guilt of that. I'm going to have to live for the rest of my life knowing that I didn't tell him to wear that belt and I didn't force him to and then he's ended up not living because of my actions when I should have made sure he was driving, wearing a seatbelt whilst I was driving. And I believe that anyone who wants to ensure everyone's safety on the roads, whether that be in their own car or everyone else's car, should also then be able to take a step back and say, maybe I'm not quite up to scratch to be able to drive this car. Maybe I do need to get a retest or an eye test just to make sure I'm safe and I don't put anyone else in danger whilst on the roads. I think the problem, which is why I think it should be made mandatory that you are retested, no one wants to believe that they're not good at what they're doing. No one's going to sit there and be like, well, I'm a rubbish driver. Everyone thinks they're good. Just because you haven't been in a crash doesn't mean your actions might have caused an accident. You know, you could have been driving down the motorway, didn't look properly. You may have indicated, which was correct, and just pulled into the lane. But you haven't seen that car in your blind spot that then anchored up and swerved and ended up having a crash. Yeah, you weren't in, in the crash, but you're the one that caused it. So people could be blinded by their own perception of, well, I've never been in an accident, therefore I'm a good driver. And that's not necessarily true. You could have cut someone up. You could have almost been in a crash. You could have almost hit into the back of someone. You know, you could have been driving down the road and not looking correctly. But, you know, there was a study, and I can't remember the percentages and all the rest of that, but, there, you know, it, it, it's the, the falsehood, isn't it? It's, well, you know, I keep getting told that I shouldn't text and drive, but I do it all the time and I've never had a crash, so I must be a really good driver. No, you're just lucky. Exactly. There was a video I saw on YouTube of a distracted driver coming up to a roundabout. In front of him was a biker. He's stopped at the roundabout as he should. And this driver's not paid attention and just taken completely off his bike. He's now just on the floor in the middle of the road. And the driver was just on their phone, not paying any attention. And obviously just didn't see this biker. So yeah. therefore he put this biker's life at risk just because he wanted to answer that text. Yeah, exactly, and it is true, you know, alcohol, phones, anything, even changing your radio, you know, everything is a distraction that takes your eyes away from the road, and we all do it. Uh, People say, you know, oh, I've never done it, but most people nowadays that I know of, they use their phone to play music, whack Spotify on your Bluetooth through your speakers, I don't like this song, so you quickly, you know, while you're trying to look at the phone, your hand's out, playing around, trying to get your phone to hit next. 
although you're still technically looking at the road, your brain is still trying to figure out how to do that so you're not fully engaged. And there's, there are a lot of distractions, a hell of a lot. I would say in the old people's defence that they're probably the least likely to be distracted by technology um, rather than the youngsters who are a hell of a lot more likely to be distracted by their social media and everything. You know, I've seen many videos where people have been flying along down the motorway, Facebook living or trying to take pictures of themselves in the car whilst they're driving to put onto their social media. I don't see Mildred in her 90s wanting to make sure that her eyebrows are on going down the road, make sure she's getting her Instagram likes. That's another thing with the retest for elderly people is I believe the tests now involve the use of a sat-nav to pass. And as we just discussed, elderly people aren't always up to date with their technology and don't always know how to use it correctly. So this can make passing these drug tests even more difficult for them and therefore they might say that they don't feel like it's fair to get retested on some new technology that they don't never seen. Uh, that is a difficult one because yeah, maybe they don't need to use a sat nav because really they just use their car to poodle down to the local supermarket and I agree that is fine but at the same time they need to be made sure that they're safe to use vehicles. A lot of the older people that I've seen they do drive nicer newer cars which have all of this technology on them just because they don't want to use it it might be good for them it might help them you don't know. The other problem I've seen whilst being a passenger is the amount of elderly people who get a car that's just way too big for them and still drive it as if it's their little four-door and swing it around corners as if it's, it's this small car and just yeah. hit the curbs or hit other cars. You just yeah. need to know what you... But, uh, that's what I mean. And that's the only problem. As much as I do agree with this retesting, obviously the retesting can only do so much because realistically I think you as a person, you've got to understand your limits this little old lady shouldn't be jumping in a BMW X5 that she can't really control or see. The end of the bonnet sort of thing, you know. I think that is your own onus in that way, you know, should be on you to make sure that you've got a car that you can handle. But I think the safety-wise, just to make sure that you're even safe to be in a car, I think it should boil back down to the, the mandatory testing. Yeah, so again, it's just... If you don't think you're safe enough to drive, if you think your eyesight may be going, then just put your pride to the side and just inform the DVLA that you don't feel like you're fit to drive. Yeah, no, I, I do. I know it's a difficult one, and you are right, it is pride. You know, no one wants to admit that they can't do something. Everyone wants to believe that they can do it. No one wants to admit failure. And I get that, and probably in their mind, they're like... It's also, um, for me, I, I think it's a... Uh, is sort of a admission to the fact that you're old. Yeah. No one wants to admit they're getting old. You know, I still feel like I'm 20 and I'm 30, so, you know, I don't want to admit that, you know, I do feel older. But, you know, when I'm probably 70, I'm probably going to be sitting there, I've been doing this for years, but because you're setting your ways and no one wants to sit there and say, yeah, I'm probably too old to drive. I shouldn't be, I can't do it. It is probably a pride thing, you're right. And... I can understand why people don't want to do it, but then at the same time, what would you prefer? End up really hurting or killing someone over the fact that you're too proud to say that I'm old. And with that, that'll be the end of this podcast. Thank you for listening to the Nicotine Podcast. Thanks, Adam, for coming on. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Hope to catch you all next episode. Goodbye. <laughs>